The Conquest of Bliss, a podcast about finding light in the darkness. Hello and welcome once again to The Conquest of Bliss. So I wanted to talk today about something that's been on my mind and on my heart, I guess, uh, a lot recently, and that's living in I don't know. So I'm going to tell a quick story about why it's been on my mind so much. And also a lot of other people have been talking to me about how frustrating it is, how difficult it is to not know things that it feels like they should, they should be able to know. So my quick story, um, full disclosure, not full disclosure, uh, disclaimer, I guess, I don't know. If you know me personally, you've heard this story probably more than once. I was definitely um, having a lot of trouble letting this whole situation go. It was really, really hard for me. So (laughs) you can go ahead and you can listen if you want or you don't need to, but here's what happened. So about two or three months ago, I was getting frustrated because I don't really want um, a relationship right now. I have way too much going on, trying to figure out just too much about me to really invest myself into a relationship. But I also have, you know, needs, not just sexual needs, but intimacy and, you know, a desire to take care of people and affection and all of those kinds of things. So I went to the internet seeking friends with benefits situation Um, was very clear that I'm looking for someone that I have a connection with and someone that I can actually have an actual friendship with as well as having that intimacy piece without having to worry about where it's going and all of that stuff. So uh, lots lots of, I don't know, offers, takers or whatever, lots of people that I had to kind of filter through. So I went on one date and it was okay. Um, Really, really nice guy, but there wasn't a lot of connection there. Like it didn't really seem like the right fit and, and that was fine. He was very, very cool about it. When I said that, he said he was interested, but it was okay. Um, and then, so I went on, I don't know if you'd call it a date. I met, I met another fellow and oh boy, it was this fellow. He was cute and smart and just like endlessly interesting. Honestly, really, I, I still really like, uh, still really like him. Um, I guess. I don't know. I, I like I like what I knew of him. He was, he was a good guy. He reminded me a lot of the things that I like about myself, which was really cool. And so we met and the first time we hung out, we had like talked for like 12 hours and like before he even kissed me and all this stuff. And it was really, really cool. He liked a lot of the same things as me, the office and stuff like that. And, and I hadn't ever really, I don't know if in my adult life I've ever felt as safe as I did the first time I met someone as I did with this fellow. And so we were, I don't know, kind of doing our thing for a few weeks, talking every single day, hanging out when we could. Of course, he was very busy and I was very busy. And then he like, he got snowed in one week and he got sick. So we didn't get to see each other that much, but it was still really, really good. And we were talking a lot. He was really, really cool, supportive. Everything was awesome. And then, uh, And then one day he was like, hey, I can't talk right now, or I I can't talk anymore because I've got to go eat dinner. He's like, you know, I'll be back. I won't be here for a little while or something to that effect, you know, was just letting me know that he was going to be busy. And then, and then he just disappeared. And of course, like there was a part of me that was really hurt because I did like him. I wasn't, 
don't know. It was a weird situation because I wasn't wanting more, which is, you know, I was seeking it out. But, you know, I didn't even like start wanting more because I liked him, which was interesting because I think that had to do with the fact that I felt so safe. Like I wasn't really worried about it just disappearing. And then, and then so it did. He, uh, he disappeared and the whole thing was a big mystery because he stopped using his Snapchat and he, as far as I could see, hadn't been on Facebook Messenger and wasn't reading any of my messages. Uh, his phone, when I called, would ring, but no answer. Like, I don't know. It was weird. He didn't block my number. So I don't really know is the point of what I'm saying. And it was really, really challenging, of course, because it was more layered than simply not knowing something. Um, you know, like I said, I did like him. Um, I'm, I'm okay with rejection in general. <laughs> okay, sidetrack. I want to tell you what I think is a really funny story about the, I don't know, worst rejection, I guess, that I've ever had. So I went on a date with this guy one time, and <laughs> we've been talking for a while, whatever, and we met up at Tim Hortons, because I'm super Canadian, and there was a Tim Hortons close by, and we <laughs> we met up, and we were, we got our coffee, and we sat down, and we started talking about what you know, we like or whatever. And for anyone that knows me, I really like farms and goats. So he was talking about traveling and then I was talking about farms. <laughs> and, and I get really excited when I talk about goats or farms. So anyways, I'm in the middle of a sentence and he stops me and he goes, I'm really sorry, I can't do this. And then he like almost ran, like he walked so fucking fast out of that Tim Hortons and just left just left after like not even five minutes of talking and I just find that story so funny like obviously we weren't a very good match I was I was hesitant to start with anyways but even if I hadn't been I just think that's so funny <laughs> like he was just so rude <laughs> anyways um so I, I'm not I don't worry too much about rejection so like I figure rejection usually people are rejecting a person sometimes but generally they're rejecting a situation more than they are the person. Like a rejection is very rarely a reflection on the person who's being rejected in my experience, like just from knowing when I've rejected people or other people who have rejected people and kind of hearing from the rejectors side of things. Like I said, it's so rarely the other person, um, like a value judgment on the other person. But anyways, I, as usual, have digressed. What I'm getting at here is what shook me so bad when when this guy the first guy i was talking about disappeared was the not knowing what had happened and i've been ghosted before but it's always been pretty clear that i was being ghosted because someone would like sort of start giving one word answers and then like fade away and maybe they'd block you or like delete you or something to show that they were alive on the other side of the phone but not responding to you right so like that's at least been my experience so it's been really easy to go okay I've been rejected this person doesn't have for whatever reason this person doesn't want to tell me that I'm rejected whatever but that's not at all what that what happened here with uh with Alistair what happened was he just disappeared and I mean there's a like he could still be alive anyways I could go into the billion different options, but it's it's fruitless because I don't get to know. And that's the point, for me at least, of, of this, the lesson in it or whatever, is that sometimes in life, even if we feel so strongly that we deserve to know, like I deserve an answer, we just don't. We just don't get to know because, because life isn't 
necessarily always falling along with the rules of what's fair or what's right. And, and when I say not necessarily, I mean like almost never. Like we have so very little control over what we, what we have happen in our lives. Pretty much every external factor is outside of our control. And on top of that, we don't get to choose what we don't know. Like the beauty thing, like all of us are walking. Well, okay. I can at least speak for myself. I'm walking around not knowing 99.9% .9 of the things that there are to know. Probably more. But the nice thing about that is I don't know what those things are. Like it's really, really easy to not know something when you don't know that you don't know it. And it's, it's not as problematic. But when you have what's basically like a mystery sitting right in front of you, it can be one of the most painful things because my brain would not let this go. And I mean, eventually it did, obviously, like I'm, I'm okay now. Still, still comes into my mind sometimes, but it's not like it was, but it's just, it's insane. And, and it's worth, it's worth mentioning that I'm the kind of person who, like, if I'm watching a mystery show, which I don't watch a lot of TV anymore, but I used to. And if I'm watching a mystery show, like I would go on Google and like Wikipedia what happens at the end because I just couldn't handle not knowing. So for something in real life to happen where it's like, is, is he okay? Is he safe? Even if he did stop talking to me, but is still using his phone, is there other people involved in that decision? Am I remembering things wrong? And like, you know, like, I mean, cause my brain really, really wanted to process what had happened and, and all of that. But but I can't, you know, my brain wants to pick a side so badly. And other people too, like I've noticed, will want people to pick a side. So I actually ended up losing a friend over this whole fun situation. And I mean, I don't know if friend's the right word though, because he got really, really upset that I wouldn't say 100% that I was ghosted. And mind you, this was like a week after it happened. So I was still, it was all very fresh in my mind and I was very, very confused. And he goes, you got ghosted, you got ditched, you just have to admit it. And I'm like, I'm not saying I didn't, because I could have. Like, I mean, you know, I'm I'm not special, you know, people ghost. I easily get ghosted, no big deal. But I'm not willing to say that that is what happened, because I just don't have enough information. And he was telling me the evidence all points to it. And I'm going like, really, there's not any evidence pointing to anything. <laughs> the only evidence I have is that he's no longer there. I don't have evidence of anything else. So anyways, so this person got really upset and they stopped talking to me, which is probably for the better, I guess, because, you know, if, if the relationship's so delicate that me not agreeing is a reason to end it, then obviously it wasn't a friendship the way that I thought it was, but that's neither here nor there. My point was, it's amazing how, how fucking hard it is to deal with not knowing something. And this is just one example of many, many times in my life where I haven't known something and it's eaten away at me. This is the most extreme and direct, easy to see case of this happening where it's just like, like just a straight up fucking mystery. As far as I'm concerned, it's a straight up mystery. And I mean, there were things that I could have done and, and like it put me in this weird position where I didn't know what the boundaries were. I didn't know what the protocol was and I didn't know how to go forward. I don't know like what's appropriate in this situation. It's, it's very, very hard to judge when you have no parameters, you have no information. So I tried very hard not to, you know, like light up his phone or 
you know, go places that I knew he could be or anything like that. Looks like I was trying to maintain my own integrity while dealing with what felt like a really, really big deal. And like I said, what was interesting is, is that like, I mean, I liked him, but I didn't like him enough for it to bother me that much. And it was this, this not knowing. And then shortly after that, I had a girlfriend who also experienced something similar um, where someone that she cared deeply about disappeared. And it turned out that that person had had some, had a, had an incident that, that made him unable to use his phone and, and she's dealing with the aftermath of that. But I watched as she started feeling all the same feelings that I did, where it's the not knowing almost, it, it, it's like your brain is, is experiencing all the worst options all at once. And that's what is so interesting about it was that not all the options were terrible, you know, um, in, in any given situation, most of them were, but there were some that were milder, but like all the worst ones, like they existed simultaneously, like Schrodinger's cat, but, but awful real life Schrodinger's fucking cat. Schrodinger's ghost, I guess. I don't know. And uh, and then as the, the month went by, because like I said, this this all happened a little over a month ago, I think, where, where he disappeared. And as the month went by, I was talking to more and more people. And the, the theme kept coming up about, well, I just don't know. And like, there's so much that we don't know without being able to have a conversation. And so many, like, it's funny how assuredness allows us to feel more comfortable in our decisions. Like the idea of security, it's so funny because security doesn't really exist the way that we believe it to. It's just that like sometimes we have this glimpse of the fact that it doesn't exist and it, and it causes us to feel panicky and overwhelmed and, and so scary, but really that security is never there. And I know that's not super comforting to most people, <laughs> but to me it is because it tells me that even when I'm aware of not being secure. I'm not actually usually less secure. I'm just aware of it. And, and so I don't know why that's so comforting to me. <laughs> like, I guess that it's comforting in the sense that it allows me, it, 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 it allows me to focus or it, it reminds me to focus on what I really have and what I have in the moment that feels secure and, and really appreciate what I've got in the moment because we don't, we don't have anything guaranteed in life like even the things that feel super guaranteed I know last year I was I was dating sort of someone for a while and I really really liked him and he liked me and we had this this uh evening that like culminated in him asking me to be his girlfriend and I was so excited and I was so happy and then he broke up with me. Um, I don't know when he broke up with me. Not long after though. It didn't last for very long. And I remember just like that moment is when I realized that like there's no such thing as security. Like people can say whatever they want. People can do whatever they want. And even if people are being 100% honest in the moment, people change their minds. And, and we have to be allowed to. You know, we're all living linearly you know like one moment to the next and and we're changing so we have to be it has to be okay that as our paradigms change that we can change our minds about things and stuff like that so I think what I'm getting at <laughs> I am getting at something here is that like I'm finding that I don't know is really really painful but it's also a really really valuable thing 
to embrace that because like I said my tendency is to want to land somewhere I want to decide like with the with the whole Alistair thing I want to decide that he ghosted me or decide that he, you know he's disappeared like like I want to like my brain really really wants me to like pick a lane and this is what happened and this is how this is where we're moving forward from but doing that like first of all doing it is it's so um false like it doesn't help me when I know that deep down I don't know if that's true and it also I think is like it's a much higher risk for me at least for bitterness if I like say decide or or not just necessarily bitterness but um, hopelessness and all that stuff if I decide that this experience that was for the most part good until it you know ended you know was all fake and he was just ghosting me and maybe that's what happened I'm not saying it didn't but I feel like if I land there then it puts me at a disadvantage for my future forays into into you know the relationship world dating world I don't even know what you would like those words sound so strong really it's like something between romance and sex I don't know what what you would call it but anyways so like I don't I don't see landing somewhere as being all that healthy if I don't actually know and learning how to just like be okay with not knowing things and live in ambiguity I think there's something about it that's very very appealing to me it seems like a superpower to just be comfortable with not knowing and so that's what I'm working on that's what I'm working on and it's helpful to know like I said that we never really do know we think we know you know we can have a conversation with someone and it feels like we're talking about exactly the same thing and we're on the same page but but not be because we use words differently like there's so much going on and we're all living in our own little worlds our own little bubbles so realistically we never actually know it feels like we know and it feels like we're so strong and secure and and I feel like the fact that I'm saying this like I feel like reminding people that we never really know and we're never really secure might make people feel like some people feel like that's kind of a crappy thing but in a sense it's a good thing because like while we're never secure and while things you know are never guaranteed they mostly continue to work out anyways you know we still have tons of opportunity even though we don't have security and people some people live to like in their 90s but I just mean life goes on like highly functioning while while we're living in this lack of security and while my brain and I think probably other people's brains as well really 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 wants to feel like it's in control and feels like there's security feel grounded I think that there's real value in embracing the I don't know I think that it gives you some freedom that you really don't when you when you pick a lane quote unquote and uh, so so I'm finding it really really helpful I don't feel like this particular episode said a lot in the ways of of how to fix it but it's a it's a mission for me at this point to go forward and really just try to embrace I don't know try to get comfortable in it and I mean don't get me wrong like I I've cried a lot not not over the guy so much well I mean I've cried a little bit over him but I've just cried a lot over the confusion that this all caused because it started making me really question 
a lot of things. And like one of the things that's interesting about this is it made me realize how far I've come in the fact that I was able to feel safe. Like I'm sure it had something to do, you know, somewhat to do with this fellow. He's a, he's a great guy. Like, or I mean, maybe he ghosted. He's probably still a great guy, even if he ghosted. Um, <laughs> but th this fellow I'm sure had some to do with it, but not at all, all, not at all, all good, good sentencing care. It was, it was not just him. And I know that I, it was really, really cool that it opened my eyes to the fact that I have come far enough in my journey that I actually feel safe again. Cause before that, the first time that I had felt safe with someone that I wasn't already close with and hadn't spent, you know, years or decades building a relationship with was when I was like 14. And this guy comes around and I'm able to let go enough to feel safe. And yeah, it sucked that, that, I don't know if it was misplaced or whatever happened, it sucked that that disappeared. But it's also really freaking cool that it's possible. So, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm in a pretty good place uh, with it now. It took, it took an annoyingly long time. And I mean, I still get annoyed when I'm like, you know, something will happen. And then the last time that thing happened was when I was hanging out with him. And then I think of him and I'm like, ah, like, when's this dude going to get out of my brain? But as those experiences get replaced with new experiences, I'm not going to think about it anymore at all, and that'll be just fine. I mean, I'll probably always wonder, but for now, this whole experience has given me the gift of, of seeing that this is an area that I really want to work on. I really, really want to spend my energy on, on flowing through life instead of getting stuck every time I don't know something and obsessing over trying to find an answer and land in a place and, and it's scary. It's scary to not to not have an answer to, to whatever thing because then you want to make a decision. I remember when this first happened, I was like, well, I've got to start dating again. And then I was like, no, you can't date. And then it was like, like my brain was telling me, you have to make hard decisions now. You have to make, you have to make these firm decisions. Like it was trying desperately to feel in control, right? Like I was trying desperately to feel in control. So I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going out and I'm meeting people and I was going to do that. I didn't because I just, <laughs> it was a fucking hot mess. But, <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, I'm not dating at all then because it's just not worth it. And it's like, or, you know, <laughs> the third option is don't date right now because you're obviously a hot mess, but go forward in your life open to whatever happens. Because I think that like learning to be living in that, I don't know is really where spontaneity comes from. It's where that freedom to just live instead of planning to live constantly, but just living, I think that comes from that. And of course there's areas of your life where it's prudent to plan. I'm not against planning, but I am also very, very pro living intuitively and just letting life flow through you instead of always trying to control it. And I think the first step to that is to realize that we don't have any control anyways. It's all made up in our brains telling us that we have control. We don't have control over our relationships. We don't have control over what food is available to us. We don't have control over whether our shelter will be safe at any given time. We have control over almost nothing. And that feels really, really scary, but it's also really freeing to realize that we're still mostly okay anyways. And if something happens where we're not okay, worrying about it doesn't take that away. And I'm not saying, like, I'm not anti-insurance or, 
whatever. Like, I mean, honestly, take precautions if you can think of them. But worrying isn't going to take away the risk anyways. Sometimes action will. And if there's an easy action to take, like I said, do that, you know, get house insurance. I'm not saying don't do that. But what I'm saying is that like, I personally, and a lot of people that I know have spent so much energy focusing in on these scenarios that aren't even real to try and control something that we're never going to be able to control. So instead, if we, if I, if I take that time and focus in on what's actually happening around me and what good can I do? What tangible actions can I take to create something with a good result? And yeah, so like I said, that's kind of where I'm at right now. That's where I've been sitting mentally, really, really thinking on the I don't know and really thinking on the upsides of pain and and feeling feeling pretty blessed, to be honest, where I have this opportunity, these opportunities to to really take life by the horns and, and learn. This whole situation that I've described really kicked my ass to get back into therapy. I've been humming and hawing about getting back into therapy for the last six months or so, because like I really wanted something that was evidence-based and not just like this, not the stuff that I've done before. I wasn't looking for talk therapy and stuff, so I was just kind of like putting it aside, putting it aside, putting it aside. Now this event happens, my brain fucking breaks. It's like, whoa, we don't know what to do with this lack of information. And like I said, it like triggered some of the trauma from when I was younger and all this other stuff. So I'm like, like all of a sudden I'm like, okay, shit, I need, I need to talk to someone. So, so I get, I get into therapy. So that's cool. Like, I mean, as much as this situation sucked, it still sucks. Like, like I said, I hope, I hope he's all right. As much as the situation sucked though, as usual, (laughs) the things that suck the most end up teaching me a lot and forcing me to be introspective and really explore what's going on. And so in that way, like I'm pretty grateful for the whole situation. I don't, I, I don't know. I like, I remember when it first happened, I'm like, fuck, I wish I hadn't even met him. Like, it'd be better if I hadn't met him. And then I didn't have to like be all confused. And, and like I said, it was very confusing. Cause like, I was like, <sighs> it was all very confusing. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's uh, but now I'm like, well, as much as like, I wasn't really looking <laughs> for this kind of growth. Like, in fact, I was kind of looking for the opposite, right? Like I said earlier, I sought something out specifically that wouldn't be an emotional investment. And it wasn't at the time, but when, when it happened and he just disappeared and my brain, like, like, like I said, it was the lack of information that was, it was so wildly, um, confusing. What the fuck was that? Um, wildly confusing, (laughs) but, uh, but now now I feel like I'm still lacking information about that thing, but I have a ton more information about myself and how my brain works. And, and I also, you know, am feeling a lot safer than I was before because I feel like I learned how to let myself feel safe when I didn't know how to do that before. So there's a lot of cool stuff going on over here in Caroland, And most of it right now is centered around trying to get comfortable in ambiguity and move through I don't know with as much grace as I can which by the way I am not a particularly graceful person 
I fall down and accidentally throw things a lot. I don't really know why, but super clumsy. But I will try to handle this with the grace of, you know, someone more graceful than me. <laughs> and uh, anyways, it's uh, coming up on 30 minutes here. So I will let you go for now and we'll talk to you next time on The Conquest of Bliss.